something different for this episode since I'm going to cover a topic which is really special to my heart because the topic of this person that I'm going to talk about has been with me and has influenced me throughout many decisions in my personal and professional life because of his craft and because I am awkward as fuck as well I relate to him <laughs> um I think he has opened a lot of doors for awkward people Because he is as well If you have watched his interviews um, I have a major crush on him <coughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure if uh, God forbids If he ever you know comes across this He's going to be like What the fuck is people worshipping me for? Because that's usually what his content is all about But <coughs> wait Let me do a proper intro first <coughs> I haven't done this for a long time Welcome to another episode of A Dossier My name is Shida Osman I hope you are doing well wherever you are listening from in the world I hope you are in good health I hope, and since this is going to be released on a Thursday I hope that you have achieved your goals that you have set for yourself uh, earlier this week Or probably later on this week for you to have your me time Um... Yeah, uh, if you're new to A-Dossier, A-Dossier is the main content where I geek out and I break down um, things necessary or unnecessary information for you and for myself to share with the world um, amongst a pool of unnecessary... I'm not saying that my content is good, but I'm just saying that, like Bo Burnham said it, um, we, with the internet present we are offered everything and anything all at the same time so i hope you know we can share um, good opinions or discourse where we can healthily be in a debate or probably just share opinions it's fine um yeah that's why i aim to do with eros here um the previous episode i was actually fortunate enough to interview a lady named minachi who is a consultant slash matchmaker for the indian's matrimonial ceremony so if you're interested in that um go watch it um it's really good because you know like in malay culture as well um and i think in Ch- i i don't not quite sure about chinese culture but in malay culture there's always arranged marriages um you know like in our culture we know how people usually view arranged marriages and i think a lot of the older generation like my parents were not arranged but i'm sure the previous generations there were so many 
um, arranged marriages. So I wanted to, you know, dive into that, especially in this day and time of like um, matchmaking app and services, which is horrendous. Not that I went into it. Well, I did went to one, but it was a very um, sketchy app, yeah. <laughs> but uh, which I will share later on. Um, Anyways, that was the previous episode. Uh, also, if if you're curious about what Offsite is about, Offsite is a sub-show, is a side show for Eidos here. It is much more chill. I curse more there. Not that I never stop cursing. I will always curse just to emphasize. It's like an emphasis in every sentence. But um, it's much more chill. It's much more, you know... I, I wouldn't say... <laughs> One of my friends say, oh my god, it's actually really tabloid-ish. I'm like, mm, no. Uh, I talk about much more personal things there. And yeah, I talk about like the current craze of celebrity men that I oogle on. But also, you know, about current affairs as well. So anyways, um, just a little bit of context of what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, if you don't know, I've teased enough that I'm going to do um, a geek out over... Uh, this particular, as you can see from the background, I play it on my TV. If you're watching snippets of this, I'm probably going to post this. Um, uh, it's self-explanatory, uh, as you can see from the screen inside. So, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of a um, backstory. Sorry, motorbike just beside the highway um, and in Singapore. But a little bit of backstory. So, um, today we're going to talk about... Today we're going to talk about Bo Burnham and his latest special, Inside. Um, so he actually, he hates it when people describe him as a YouTube sensation. And he started off, I think in 2013, I might get the timeline wrong or the years wrong. But he started when he was 16. But in year 2013 or 2016, uh, I, I probably got the math wrong, but he's born in 1990. Yeah. So, <laughs> what the hell was I doing so at that age? I was, like, studying and being, you know, falling in love. Not falling in love. Playing netball, like, scraping my knees and joining uniform groups. But there he was because apparently his first video on YouTube, uh, he... It's still the same concept. He was on his uh, keyboard, uh, electronic keyboard, and he was singing satire. And he, I, I remember the very first one was about he is staying inside his room because his parents think that he's gay. So, so it's like a long-running joke that, you know, even in inside, he was like, well, well, look who's inside now. Because he wanted to know about the world so bad. Sorry for the motorbike, but yeah. Um... Uh, probably this won't go on video, but probably in the podcast you can hear it. But anyways, um, that's a little bit of backstory on uh, on Bo Burnham. And he has been doing comedy ever since. Started on YouTube and I know that he had... I actually went backwards, uh, backwards, backwards um, about uh, to view his career. I actually started with... I got to know about him through Vine. And then after that, uh, I went back... <laughs> Nice sound effect there. Um, <laughs> but um, I went backwards and viewed his career. Uh, I knew him from Vine and then I googled him and I knew, you know, and I watched all his... He had a cancelled show on MTV called Zack Stone, which is funny as hell. Um, I think... I don't know why he got cancelled. And, <laughs> and I think, like, his... You know, his present work 
is like a fuck you to MTV who actually cancelled him, which is fucking awesome. Um, he, and he did uh, a film, which is his debut, um, his debut as a director, which is called Eighth Grade. So yeah, those are the places that I know him from, or the platforms that I know him from. Um, and if you're a fan of him, this is for you listening. I'm not going to break down all of his songs, but I'm only going to break down some of it. Probably just bits and pieces of it because we know what the whole um, inside... It fucked me up. Let me just let's just talk about Insight for a bit before I break down all his songs. Well, some of his songs, and this is gonna be a two part special. I have a feeling about it because I'm gonna like blabber 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 about um, how fucking awesome this is. Uh, Insight fucked me up like really bad. Like it, it, it didn't you know like in a bad way. I I was Bo Burnham always has this ability to awaken the most darkest depression or feeling that you have he evokes your feelings whenever he does his um you know his comedy special it's not something that you have to take a double take and look at it it's something that lingers with you for a while and makes you think and makes you realign your life in the sense that what the fuck am I doing in my life like what uh, if you have watched what I don't know if your opinions are the same as mine as well but he the the premise around what was his overview as a performer and what the problem is his problem you know along the lines of him entertaining with musical comedy his main problem was he keeps on saying that it's the audience and the masses in general itself and he was mentioning like lip syncing and you know carpool karaoke in some of his interviews and he's saying that the quality of content that the masses consume is for the lack of a better word utterly complete shit like it takes nothing for someone to be entertained or laugh at it so and there was this one part in what where he actually turn the camera and you just have dead silence where the camera just looked at the audience and make them feel awkward and I think the reason why he said that in what was because he realises he hates it that people find him funny and I think he has come to a point where he cannot find anything funny well probably he does but you know like he always says that you you differentiate him and his art he always says that but you know, in his art that he's doing, I think he gets pissed off because, you know, like, I think he just think people can do better. As a human race, people can actually do better and achieve whatever he is achieving. It's just that he's frustrated that no one is actually trying to go out of their comfort zone and, you know, have a little bit of self-discipline and try. Thank you, Mr. Motorbike. Um... <laughs> So that was a little bit of um, synthesis of what happened and what. So, without further ado... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I haven't talked about Inside. Um, Inside, let me just say this. I, it lingered with me for a week. I felt it fucked me up and I was pissed over his production because it's something that all of us can fucking do. And he has a Netflix special, but of course, of course, I can never write, or I think for the matter of, well, probably someone else can, but I, for me, myself, I don't think I can ever write as brilliant as Bo Burnham has. And the way that he matches everything together and align everything together in this Netflix special is just 
fucking mind blowing and the lights that he used and the equipments that he used are fucking everyday things that we would have in our house well i have an led light but you know like he has like a the field monitor and he has like a it's a normal camera of course post-production would be shit and i think i i am assuming that probably you know there's someone i'm sure he edited it himself and the reason why i relate is because it's the same fucking thing that i did with my podcast i record i write i research i edit i add in i do everything that's why this special i relate to him so much but of course like i was saying probably his edit in his post-production someone else would overlook it and say hey this is okay this is okay this is okay and you know fine-tune it a bit more for the masses but i think the bulk of the production of insight is actually made by him but anyways Ah, the play with the lights, man. If you guys haven't watched Inside, fucking watch it. It would fuck with your head. If you don't get the jokes, you cannot be friends with me. I don't care. Call me biased because there's a deeper meaning into Bo Burnham's work. Um, And uh, (laughs) I would like to carry on his legacy and tell you to Google derealization and then be pissed off about everything that you see as you live life for the next few weeks. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So without further ado... This is like his first song, uh, Content. Uh, the only thing I like about it is um, the way where he said... Oh, no, no, it's comedy. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna like play... Oh, I gotta charge my camera. I'm not gonna play the whole song because I'm gonna play only snippets of it. Uh, but I'll tell you... What my opinions are and what I think he was trying to see in this song. Let me just charge my goddamn camera first. Um, if you see any Nutella stains on my teeth, I managed to grab a bite and I managed to actually change it, change the TV set that you're viewing right now, just as a reference to the current song. And this is FaceTime with my mom. FaceTiming with my mom. Maybe I should change the lights as well. Let me try to do blue. There you go. Feeling lah, relatable with Bo Burnham. <laughs> oh, did I pause it? Okay. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to play the whole song, but um, I think... Uh, shit, I opened it wrong. Okay. So, <laughs> what I think about this song is interesting because I thought, you know, like... Forgive me, all Asian parents out there, like, especially the elder ones. I thought that, you know, like, because in Singapore, we only, you know, leave our houses when we get married, right? But it's so nice that Bo Burnham actually, even in, you know, he, he, he made it relatable because even... I'm not saying that they don't care about your parents. I'm just saying that, that, like I say, in Singapore, you only leave your parents or leave the house when you get married so you can buy a house of your own. But in Western culture, it's it's really natural that when you're 15 years old or 16 years old, you move out of the house and then after that, you live independently, which is something I honestly love like and envy which somehow i think should be inculcated in our culture as well but um also as a surplus we should be able to take care of our parents as well if we move out so um i think this song actually captures everything like i i know he well uh this is just solely an opinion as well i know that he is you know close with his mom in his song solely judging from 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 this song um he says that he loves his mom (laughs) well he didn't say that he loves his mom but you can feel from the song that he is close to his mom but um 
I think you can relate because the frustrations of teaching an elderly to use a mobile phone or anything digital, even Zoom. Like we had Zoom Raya when it was Hari Raya in Singaporean context, right? And it's so fucking annoying because sometimes um, it's annoying because I feel that I lose my patience trying to teach. Um, I, I would admit this, I am terrible. Like as much as I will be helpful, but I would lose my temper when I have to teach my mom to use the phone or trying to explain my dad the new you know, TV box that we have and then, you know, try and even teach him the remote control, I lose my temper. I'm just, I feel like as years goes by and I get older, I just am really short-tempered. But I, I feel like he captured that in a very nice time capsule. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, and he actually put in, if you see, if you have seen the video production-wise, um, editing-wise, the screens actually close up for you to make you feel that he is on the phone talking to his mom. <laughs> How amazing is that? Um, yeah, that's what I think about FaceTiming with my mom. Let's move on to the next song because I think the next song is actually one of my favorites. This is How the World Works. That is how the world works. It's built with blood. Um, if you have listened to this, uh, it's actually very full on political. And I know Bobanum is one who doesn't always, you know, constantly say what he believes in or he supports or what he thinks is wrong in his everyday life because he does it in his, you know, like, wait, the camera is not, I feel like, I feel like farting, but yeah. <laughs> um, as I was saying, um... So Bobanum is not... You can see my kalimba at the back. So Bobanum is one who doesn't speak of politics and his political beliefs in any way on social media. He doesn't in his... He does it in his work. So um, what I think he was trying... This is a very, very deep... Uh, one of the comedic musical um, scenes that he did in Inside and it's really filled with lots of really deep-rooted political issues that is happening with America... Um, so what I think, once again, solely my opinion is, um, so when he said to separate worker from means of production, what I said, what, what I said, what I mean when he, what I think when he said that is, you know how usually companies would have HR, I, I am beginning to think that not even with him, but with a lot of conversations with my friends as well, I'm beginning to think that the HR is set up to actually, uh, protect a company in comparison to protect um, the workers' welfare. So when he says that, it seems to me that, you know, even though there is a, a employee or work welfare, uh, somehow it exists because it is um, a smokescreen to pop to profits. Meaning to say that it just exists. Oh, we're going to fight for our employees. This is the rights of our employees, but they just do that just because to garner more attention and to garner more profits for their company. That's how I feel. I might be wrong, but this is solely my opinion. Um, and it's kind of sad but true, but that's how I feel. Um, and the other thing is, there's a couple of things that he said which actually, you know, um, not triggered, but actually got highlighted literally in my head um so <laughs> this is simple short and simple when he said this probably he's he sang it genocide the natives say you got it first 
Do you remember that line? So how I think it sounds like is it's a conversation. Genocide the natives. Say you got it first. That's how I think he meant it. As you know, I sound fucking crazy talking about it this way, but I really feel that's how that's why he meant. Um, <laughs> and also, I think this last part is. So he was saying, "Why do you rich fucking white?" Well, Sokko was saying. Hi, Bo. You can see his face. Why do you, why do you rich fucking white people insist on seeing every social political conflict through the myopic lens of your own self-realization? And then, if you watch the whole clip, Bo, the scene happens such as Bo actually demonstrates what Sokko was trying to tell him subconsciously, to my point of view. So yeah, that's how. Like I say, I think this whole. This whole special is bits and pieces of him recognizing how fucked up. I'm not saying the whole white world, you know, system is not fucked up. I think he's recognizing that America's system is has been fucked up. We all know this. It has been fucked up for a long time, and even in you know small nuances where he, where he sings about Jeffrey Bezos, which we will touch on later, but. That's a whole other story. If you don't do your research on Jeffrey Bezos, Jeff Bezos, who is the head of Amazon, you should. So there's a reason why Bob and actually sings about Moving on. If you can see this at the back, like I change every... <laughs> the lighting to every of his song accordingly. So yeah, this is actually one of my favourites as well. You know, I tell them, just be honest. Okay, um, see, this is one of my favorites because he always, you know, he always put it in between the lines for people to actually read. If you don't get that JP Morgan part, it's okay, I'll explain it to you. Um, so what I think about this, <laughs> this scene is, I think it's just fucking awesome because it is happening now, you know, with the cancel culture and the stupid woke culture. Uh, haven't done enough research to actually call them. That's my cat, if you hear meowing. Um, yeah, my mom is outside. Don't worry, my cat is not being abandoned. Uh, but I just wanted to say that um, this is a very interesting scene in Inside because, as you can see, he... Oh my god, he has a fucking man bun. And he is a social brand consultant. And uh, if you are working in the marketing or digital industry and you are a consultant yourself, and we all know that it is a... F or, or advertising. It is a fucking cutthroat industry, okay? We know and everybody is like competing for God knows whatever the fuck it is. Helping their company to actually grow. Um, but not, you know like losing their soul every single day so <laughs> what he's trying to say is that um you know when there was this there was this one part where he was saying um consumers want to know are you willing to use your brand awareness to affect positive social change change sorry and the reason why he said that is because if we really really look closely there's a lot of brands out there like he was saying, like that. Uh, I'll explain JP Morgan later. But there's a lot of brands who uses uh, charitable causes and loads of them uh, to actually gain brand awareness as well. Like if you are a brand, as of now, this day and age, if you are a brand, you have to fight for every right. You cannot pick and choose. If you pick and choose, you will be penalized. 
So that's what he's trying to say. So that he and he's also touching on the woke culture as well, which is ridiculous. Because I feel like, who are we? Even if we have a brand, who are we to teach? We can fight for whatever reasons that we want to, you know, as long as there's injustice, go for it. I'm all for it. But it makes you think that who are we to teach people? We're not even fucking teachers. Even though you have, okay, maybe if you have a PhD, you know, or Magna Cum, I forgot what that one is. But even if you have that, it doesn't certify you to teach people about the because different people grow up differently especially if you have a brand you cannot tell people to fight for the right that you are fighting for and shove it down their throat you cannot do that so most of some of the brands are actually doing that and that's why he's trying to point out um let me just see my notes for a bit yeah about jp morgan that's what i wanted to say so the thing about jp morgan is when he said um it's okay just be honest tell your customers that jp morgan is actually against is against racism and he paused so i think i think this was to refer to the i think a couple of years ago sorry i just booked excuse me um this was referring to the saga that happened with a football player by the name of jimmy kennedy if i'm not wrong looking at my notes as well uh so jp uh there was an incident with uh jimmy kennedy where he wanted to convert to a private client in a bank jp morgan bank um with his earnings as a football player you know how much you would earn right in america like loads you are a fucking millionaire you're an athlete celebrity you know and you get endorsements and stuff like that so he went to jp morgan and he wanted to be a private client but he was told off by of course obviously um i think he, i think he is correct me if i'm wrong i think he is african-american but he got told off by an african he wasn't being told off but this was i think it was casual racism so the, the person, the banker or the consultant who was attending to him was African-American as well. And he told Jimmy Kennedy that, um, I think probably he was just like, eh, you know, um, I think uh, he was racial profiling Jimmy Kennedy because he was saying that, um, he, in a way, this is along the lines, he was trying to say that, you know, not a lot of uh, African-American people uh, get, this kind of earnings so i think you know you probably should think uh about being a private client because there's a lot of thorough checks that you need to go through so that's what happened with jp morgan i hope i did the explanation justice but yeah that was why this is one of my favorites as well okay so let's move on um americans if you are listening to this or anyone who knows a better knowledge of the Jimmy Kennedy incident. Please, please, please correct me. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, let's move on to the next song, which is White Woman Instagram. <laughs> is this heaven? Okay, a little bit too passionate there. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. Now, there is a lot of white women who was actually offended by this particular song or scene um, on Insight. 
But there was also a lot of backups from the netizens as well. And they were like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Look at it properly. Um, he is not against white women. But he sh- I, I, once again, he, I, th- I think he's just trying to say that, you know, hey, come out with better content lah. Like, why would you want to think about yourself and, you know, post pictures of golden retriever with a flower crown or probably i'm not saying all white women are like that i'm just saying that most of them that i know of and i i have personally been to la and i've seen how white women are sometimes as well i have white friends as well i love you not referring to you i'm just referring um as a whole funny thing is a lot of white women as well who gets the joke <laughs> and who loves Bo Burnham as well actually agreed with him because he really, really did his research. And, you know, like pictures with the fur jacket and also pictures with the birthday, twenty the number, uh, the number balloons, which is 27. Like most of them actually went on TikTok or probably on Instagram and was shocked to see that this was an insight and they felt offended, but they took the joke. But anyways, um, a little bit of backstory on it, besides that the lights and he did it, like if it was ever an insult, he would do a half past six job in um, representing the white, I wanted to say Malay woman. Malay woman different, huh? Songki and all. Uh, but... Think about it. If he he really means uh, not well, he would have done a half past six job to represent white women, and you know. But look at the lights and everything. It's actually done really, really nicely. He created it really nicely. Um. So f- uh, funny story was he at one point in time not long ago, Gabby Hanna. If you watch, I think I got her name right. So she is a viner who was obsessed with Bo Burnham. This is probably tabloid i don't know whether it's true but i know that she was obsessed with bo burnham for one at one time and for a while people thought that bo was with gabby but anyways um there was this one scene where uh bo had uh, you know that scene where he had hate no 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 where he had like people it's the typical incident of where people actually body shame you and say shit to you and you have like a really graphic interpretation of the names name calling that people actually gave to you ugly fat uh uh, not womanly enough and shit like that. So he had it drawn on his face. And funnily enough, Gabby Hannah, there was a lot of instances where people were comparing that picture to Gabby Hannah's picture exactly the same way he drew like those kind of words and adjectives on his face. So I think in a way he was getting back at Gab- he was getting back at Gabby God knows lah for for making his life hell where people think that you know he was dating Gabby for a bit but anyways I think it's just this is another one of his songs where he is reinstating to white people in particular that you know um, privilege like you know we are privileged so and he's making you know fun of it in a very light-hearted way but respecting as well because personally Bo is a very awkward and introverted person so I hope the message came across it's just a fun song right? white women white women's Instagram okay let's move on <laughs> here's a question for you guys um, is it is it necessary is it necessary that every single person on this planet expresses every single opinion that they have on every single thing that occurs 
all at the same time. Is that, is that necessary? Um, or to ask in a slightly different way, um, can, can anyone... Fear, but... Shut, shut the fuck up. up. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I wanted this to play in the background um, is because Bobinum fans, if you know, um, you know, he's comical and he's always theatrical and everything else, but it's always the, the in-betweens that he does, like the stand-up comedies that he does in between that actually has lots of volume in it like um previously in what's the first one make happy yeah in make happy it was uh i think what stand up stands out for me just a little bit of nostalgia um when he talked when he read his poem about i fuck sluts i think that was amazing okay if you if you cherry pick whatever i'm gonna say in this episode and you don't make your reference it's on you because you're dumb so if you want to go and watch make happy back and listen to i fuck sluts there's a lot of heart into it it is not what it is please don't woman shame me please don't cancel me for whatever it is but yeah just so you know (laughs) so um as we all know that it's always the in-between parts of his comedy that is actually, it's rich, it's really good. So that's why, which kind of makes sense. I think with the internet, everybody actually has an opinion and everyone's like, uh, no, I think you're wrong. But because of that effect, there has been a group effect as well. When one party doesn't agree with another, there's always tribes of people, especially keyboard warriors. There's always, tri- it's like having a goddamn fight, but, on the internet (laughs) and then you have like tribes of people actually getting behind you and spurring you on and cheering you on and saying that your thoughts were right and that person is wrong and then we can see the clear grounds of leftists and rightists did i say that right yeah and you know just fucking opinions yeah so i agree with him (laughs) and this is unpaid intern favorite but so this one is the one where he actually wait Way, yeah. Sorry, the the my voice was going a little bit fast. So this is the scene where he actually was watching his own reaction to the previous video that he just did, which is the unpaid intern. And isn't this by itself as a picture looks fucking weird? Let me just play the video. Um, I thought I'd do a reaction video. Isn't this by itself? is weird me recording this like of course on audio as well but as a whole on a video it looks weird that he is watching him and i am watching him do you get what that means okay so anyways i'm not gonna play the whole thing so um if you watch this whole thing what i think he was trying to say is that if only the algorithm of youtube you know just because there's so many reaction videos on youtube itself and you know it's always set up like this in i don't know why but the youtube tech reviewers and also reaction videos are always really bright and you see the lights that he's using there's another one in um the next few scenes where he is also presenting a youtube presenter or content creator as well but um what i what i i I took from this was that isn't wouldn't it be beautiful if you know 
people and it's not even fucking content creating if you're just sorry i sound like a fucking bitch but it's not even content creating if you're watching someone else's content and just reacting to it so you get what i mean why he is pissed off over people underplaying their ability to actually achieve more and you know like pursue more in life in comparison to just doing reaction videos no offense to people who are doing you know reaction videos but i know he's just making fun of it and this is solely my opinion as well so I also what I take from this as well is wouldn't it be fun if there is an algorithm of or probably uh, an automatic screen capture of you watching your own video or your own content and catching all your own bullshit so it's like a self reflection reaction video because you are reacting to someone else's you know um content so if you actually get to watch yourself like how I do my podcast right and then Most of the times, in all honesty, if I record, um, I do listen to most of it just to see, you know, if people are going to cancel me because that's life. That's what life is. People are, you know, going to cancel you one day. But like I say, like I always listen to it just so that okay, probably I might be wrong in this. Just to take pointers for myself of what I can improve, right? So I think that's what he's trying to portray. If people only get to look at themselves in the camera and see how fucking pretentious they are, myself included, it'll be fucking awesome and the world will be a better place. That's what I think. Let's move on to the next song. I'm not gonna cover all lah. We just try to see. Um, I'm not gonna cover Jeff Bezos. Moving on. I know that I said I would not cover Jeff Bezos, but there's one part I need you to listen. I need to capture. <laughs> That's all. This has to be probably one of my favorite songs as well, other than another two songs that we're going to talk about. Well, there's a lot lah, but <laughs> this is sexting. I'm going to have a hard time editing this because I'm singing to all the song. Anyways, now I'm going to cover <laughs> all that song. Go watch it for yourself. But um. <sighs> All I have to say about this song is, I think, fucking hell, dating is shit right now because people are sexting and hooking up is a cult by itself. Because <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not coming from a place where I am good. Um, I'm just saying that I don't know how the future generation are gonna find love, man. I swear to God, with with um, the existence of dating apps such as Bumble, Tinder. Sugar book. I have a story on that. I'll tell you soon enough. Um, and you know, other other. <laughs> I'm obviously tired. Other dating apps, which is kind of ridiculous for you to actually find your soulmate. Um, and furthermore, even with COVID, fucking hell, you can't even go to like events to like you know lock eyes and fall in love. All that stupid falling in love shenanigans. So, I feel sexting is just, it's fun to a degree. To a point where you just feel that you do not need to finish a sentence when you want to sleep with someone. You, it has been dumbed down to a point where um, it is available that you do not need to be smart just to sleep with someone. Uh, I know I sound prissy and preachy when I say that, but my god, like. I'm glad that I'm not in the dating pool anymore because I would fucking suffer because I am an awkward ball and men would absolutely hate me or fucking love me or just I attract weirdos. That's all. 
This will be broken down, I'm sure of it, because now we're almost to one hour when we're recording this. That's just the first part of the breakdown of the music in Inside, which has been playing on my playlist and I laugh when I walk around or, you know, grocery shop and just smile at myself because the fucking world is going into shit. But this is the end of part one. We'll meet again in part two, where there is a lot more... Like really good songs with weed, weed, which goes, <laughs> which goes deep into the heartstrings of your mind. I'm just gonna stop blabbering. See you later. Bye.